What? You don't have an architect costing you a fortune because he doesn't know anything about cabinetry? Your designer isn't lazy, incompetent, or even amateurish? Well, it'll probably still be better if you call Paul. Hi, PJ. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Uh, welcome to Calls with Paul. I have all your drawings that you sent in. Right. It's relatively straightforward. I mean, you have some options of different ways you could place things and different things that you could do. In your email, you said that you were happier with the American Woodmark cabinets that you found, or at least the designer that you worked with at Home Depot for, with American Woodmark. We actually sell American Woodmark. They're called Timberlake for private dealers. Uh, American, okay. American Woodmark is manufactured in Home Depot. It's called American Woodmark. In a private dealer, it's called Timberlake. If you're at Lowe's, it's called Shenandoah. And it's really the same brand, just rebranded under different names. And okay, that makes you know, I would tell you that unless you're getting their, their least expensive offering, which has very limited sizing and some other things, if you're getting their regular shaker door style in white, it will be probably 20% more expensive or 20, you know, 20 at least 20% more expensive than Fabio would, and it won't be as nice a finish. Okay. So you'll be able to see the seams between the all the panels on the door. There's a couple- Does that typically things. open up over time or on the Fabio wood, should that kind of stay? Mm, in maybe. all brands, they can open up a little bit over time. Timberlake also has one door that they do in MDF that won't open at all, but that's okay. a really bad idea because that's going to get damaged very easily. So yeah. I would discourage people from getting an MDF door. If you're getting a solid wood door, then just for white shaker, the reason we really carry Timberlake is that they offer all kinds of other woods like maple woods and light colors and cherry woods and green cabinets. There's lots of reasons. It's a good brand. I mean, that's why we carry it. But if you're getting plain white shaker doors, the Fabio wood cabinets are less expensive and the finish is nicer. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, a lot of it was really the designers that we dealt with. Mm -hmm. um, most of the dealers we found seem kind of focused on the flipper market or rentals. Uh, there, there just wasn't a lot of, let's say, horsepower there. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of cookie cutter. Hey, here's your layout. And that was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it all has to do with the experience that you're going to get. And also when you're getting a smaller kitchen and you're looking at less expensive cabinet lines, depends on the place that you're walking into and the fact that it's a little bit of a smaller kitchen. They want to get you in and out and make, make money off of you fast, not really work on your design to any extent. And then yeah. at Home Depot, they're not getting paid commission. It doesn't matter to the designers what the customers are getting. So that, that can be a good thing sometimes. Yeah. Although, you know, as a designer, I can tell you that really, if you do if you do your job right, you make about the same amount of money off inexpensive kitchens as you do about it with expensive kitchens, because the really expensive kitchens require many, many more hours of work. So you end up, if you figure out what you're making per hour, you make about the same amount of money off an inexpensive kitchen as you do an expensive kitchen. The only way you don't is when you don't do a good job. And then the people don't get the inexpensive kitchen from you because you weren't giving them your best efforts, you know? 
So yeah, which is more or less the situation we kind of felt we were in. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that makes sense. It's sort of very short-sighted. A lot of people in all industries, not just the kitchen cabinet industry, but in all industries, a lot of people have a difficult time really making a, a good analysis of how to invest their time and what's good ideas and bad ideas. So, um, yeah. but yeah, looking at your design, you have, you know, you asked about your refrigerator and getting the French door refrigerator. One thing is, you have in the, the hand drawing you sent me that on the on the sink side that there's a doorway there on the sink side on the left hand end. So by your eating area, you, you have a doorway there that the floor plan that you sent me doesn't have, I guess. Yeah, it's probably just not shown. Um, well, actually, that was a door frame before the extension. So there's no there's no actual door there. There's just a wide door frame. It looks like there was some extension put on the house previously. Oh, you mean the beam? You're talking about the beam that goes across the eating area. Yeah, and it, it's carried down on the vertical on the wall also. Oh, it's carried down on the vertical of the wall just because it's a supporting something. Was yeah. There. And how far does it stick out? Uh, it's a, about three quarters of an inch out. Oh, just a little tiny bump out there. Where yeah, they didn't yeah. do a good job of of hiding the post that's back there. Yeah. So as far as your design goes, having the countertop come so far down on the, the sink side is really preventing you like that little table. What is that really sits to there? Right. Mm -hmm. And even if you try to put a third in there, it's getting really tight because it looks like the cabinets are so close to you. Is that true or? Uh, it's a pretty good space. I mean, you could probably fit four people comfortably, but it, so, it is waste. It feels like it's wasted space, to be honest, that extra run of cabinets. So I'm just looking at it. So, yeah, I mean, if you have the space, the first thing I would do is I would make my table longer so that you could sit four people, two at each side. Okay. In my, my kitchen area. Because if you're going to have an eat-in area and it doesn't sit four, it's not really doing, it's not really functioning you know, very well. I mean, it's sort of a waste. If you're only going to sit two there, it's almost better getting rid of the eating area and then maybe putting, you know, more cabinetry around there. Um, mm -hmm. if, you, if you're going to sit there sometimes, then you might as well at least have the table be bigger and sit four. And then you just want to end your countertop to the left of your sink so that you can sit the four people there. So probably a table that would sit four comfortably might be 54 inches long. And if you put it against a wall like you have now, that might preclude you from being able to get past the countertop at, at that's where the sink is without shortening that countertop a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I just think what you don't want to do is you by increasing the countertop underneath the sink and bringing it so close to the eating area, you might be making it a place that only sits two people or maybe three tightly, whereas it's much yeah. better, I think, if it sits four. And then the other things that you can do with your design is there's no compelling reason why your refrigerator has to be there. You were wondering about 
getting a French door or not. I mean, the French door is going to hit the wall, but you could also move the refrigerator to the other side of the room so that it was to the right of your sink. If you did that, if the measurements that you gave me are right, you'd still have room to have the refrigerator. The refrigerator could be pulled out so that the one French door opened into this space. You could even trim down the the wall there like an inch if you didn't want to even worry about it. But usually most boxes of the refrigerators, depends on how big a refrigerator box that you get, but you really should have a counter depth refrigerator for a galley kitchen like this. So if you're getting a counter depth refrigerator, you don't really have to pull it out very far. That wall is only 26 inches wide. And then you would have the 18 inch cabinet to the right of your sink. And that would be a double trash can pull out. And then you'd have your 30 inch sink cabinet and all of that would work moving your sink there. You'd only have 18 inches of countertop space to the right of your sink, but that's really okay. You have to put your dish rack on one side of your sink. It would be there. And when someone opened your French door refrigerator, they would cover your dish rack, but that's not really a crisis. It's not really countertop that's really being used on a regular basis. And then you'd have all the countertop to your left. And now around your range, you can have more cabinetry, pots and pans, drawers, things like that. And, you know, maybe even make it a little more attractive by centering the range on that that whole long wall. That's just another way to do it. There's not really a wrong way or a right way. These options are, you know, I think usually when you're working or cooking or, you know, preparing food, a lot of the times, anything that's going to be hot, you're going to like having more countertop on either side of your stove. Because if you're cooking on your stove and the handles of your pots are turning out so that you're, they're not going back over the, the flames of your stove, they're eating up a few inches, which doesn't leave you very much countertop to be able to work at without hitting the, the handles of the pots and the pans. So, you know, just getting rid of your refrigerator at, on the one side and moving it down, uh, moving it across and giving you more countertop there, that would give you a whole big countertop space that you could comfortably work at. Yeah, I think that's a really good option. I, and it's not like I don't have water lines or anything run to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to take much. And there's already an outlet right above. You can see where the coffee maker is. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing, too, is that if you can find somebody that will sell you the Fabio wood cabinets, you're going to save 20%. So I look at your kitchen. Your kitchen looks like, I don't know, if I sold this in Timberlake, maybe it's uh, doesn't have any pantries. So maybe in Timberlake, what was the cost of the cabinets that you got? Something like $12,000 or $11,000, something like that? Uh, Just material with all the trims and everything was 72, actually, on that. Only $7,200. Yeah. And that was in in, uh, American Woodmark. Yep. So then your get then your American Woodmark that you're getting, I can tell from the price, is there fast uh, ship? You it was going to come faster than normal. So this was going to come in a matter of three or four weeks, right? Okay. So uh, I didn't get the lead time, but that sounds about right. So yeah, so their regular cabinetry is more like twelve weeks. So okay. if you're that's and that would make sense. I mean, that's not bad. When you get those American Woodmark cabinets, they're actually made by Waypoint. 
and it's like their quick ship program. And you have a limited amount of door styles and sizes, and they only come in a couple of colors. So okay. uh, it's a very limited offering, but it's still very well made and it's all plywood construction. It is a good selection. And then it's almost the same price as Fabuid. It's not very different. So the real question would just be, if it, you should look at the doors and see the seams that are on the doors, you can compare it to Fabuid, but there's not going to be much of a price difference anymore. Yeah, I found it was just slightly uh, more expensive because that was including everything, tax, delivery. And when I had a few prices on Fabuid and it might've been 5% cheaper, but I can't mm-hmm. say with 100% certainty included all the trims, the mm-hmm. fridge panel, right. they're pretty close. There's something to be said too about shopping at a home center, especially in the middle of a pandemic. The one thing with the home center is it doesn't really matter which home center you're at. In the end, if anything goes wrong, you know you will get satisfaction. Whereas if Mm -hmm. you're dealing with private dealers, then you have to research their reputations to make sure that they have a good reputation. You know that, you know, sometimes a private dealer could be struggling financially and you wouldn't even know it or anything. And they could go out of business. They could have problems. They could, you know, generally your private dealers will have better designers working for them, but your kitchen isn't really a sophisticated design. It's very simple. The real question I would just think is whether or not the seam that you're going to see in the American Woodmark that you really won't see in Fabulwood. Over time, both lines are going to have the seams open up possibly a little bit on some of the cabinets, but it, they are totally touch-upable. We give you, are supposed to give you a crayon pencil of wax that matches your cabinets so that if you do have a seam open up, you can fill it with a, a, a colored wax that matches your cabinets. But it shouldn't be all your cabinets, just they, they're real wood. So they're going to expand yeah. and contract with heat and humidity. And sometimes it's enough to crack the the paint line between the two different pieces of wood. But, okay. Uh, other than that, I mean, really, you have the couple of different options design-wise. I definitely think you want your tra- a double trash can pull out on one side of your sink and your dishwasher okay. on the other. When you're shortening up the wall cabinets, if you're going to do that to give yourself a little bit more room in the kitchen eating area. The other thing that's going to be true too is, I don't know if you care about resale value, but if you're shortening up that cabinet so you can fit four people at your kitchen table, there will be other people that you could sell your house to that seating four or being able to get a fifth person in there if they really have to, that would be plenty of dining area for some people. And they would use your dining room area, not as a dining room, but as like an office area or something like that. So, yeah. And I wish I had a measurement of that exact eating area. Unfortunately, I don't think I do, but which eating area where the two person, um, Oh, well, it's drawn, you know, it's drawn to scale. So we know that if the thing is drawn to scale and it's, it's usually always drawn to scale that we know how big this, how wide the stove is or how deep the countertops are. So we can just add it up. I mean, I'm just looking real quickly. So that's about two feet is this far. So that's two feet. 
four feet. Looks like it's very close to six feet, that bump in. So yeah, that sounds about right. So if it's six feet and you put a 54-inch table in there, you just would have to shorten that with the one side of the countertop where the kitchen is, you know, a few, not not a whole lot, you know, no more than a foot, certainly. And then it would be very comfortably sit, very comfortably sit four or five. And then once yeah. it's comfortably sitting four or five. Now you don't have a, now there's not really a compelling reason to need a, a dining room and a living room. And now you can have a living room and sort of a desk area or a work area or a little play area for a child or something like that. Some people use it one way. Some people will use it the other way. But, you know, once you have a little tiny eat-in area that really can't expand, then you have to have the dining area. So yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you don't really have a choice. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely for that. And so uh, definitely going to move the fridge. I think that's the best option. I didn't even think about that wall depth being more uh, achievable with a French door fridge too. Mm -hmm. And if you don't even touch the wall, you just have to pull the French door refrigerator out to 26. Sometimes what people would do is, well, the wall is 26 inches deep and you have a two-piece molding. So the other thing is that your crown molding, if it's going to be a two-piece crown molding that's reaching the ceiling, usually that crown molding comes out like, depends on how you do the molding. Let me just look at your picture here. So they did it sort of flat. So mm -hmm. if you do it flat, then if you, depends on the molding you got, but a lot of moldings, oh, no, it's good. The doorway there, they don't show it in the picture, but the doorway there actually has a, a header across the top of it yeah so, so then the molding is always going to have plenty of space to return so you have no okay. worry about the molding returning to the wall um there and then uh yeah your refrigerator door your refrigerator box if you pull it out to the 26 inches then you could even get a panel on the refrigerator that's a little bit deeper and then pull your refrigerator out to 26 inches and then the doors will be opening you know, right into the opening. Okay. Do you have to put a filler between the wall and the fridge? Well, just have the door panel or the panel on the, on the left side of the fridge. I think what you might want to do is put like a three quarter inch panel or a three quarter inch filler on the right side of the fridge. And you have enough room for a three quarter inch panel on the left side of the fridge. And then what's yeah. good about that is now your baseboard that you have that goes around that doorway will be able to return into the filler that you put there. Otherwise, you'd have sort of a funny place where the molding would sort of have to end inside the inside of the doorway because it couldn't yeah. come or, or it would if it, it couldn't go back along the wall because the refrigerator would be pressed up against the wall. So yeah, so that's yeah. a really good that's a really good point. You're probably better off using a three quarter inch filler and then having the refrigerator cabinet come all the way out like the pictures did. And then a three quarter inch panel on the left side of the refrigerator. And if you made the panels 26 inches deep they, or the panel 26 inches deep, then the refrigerator would sort of be even with the wall on the one side and even with the filler on the one side. And then your countertop, which is going to be 25 and a half inches deep would die into the side of the panel next to the refrigerator. 
So if you got a, a regular counter depth refrigerator, otherwise the countertop would be sticking out a little bit past the panel that you put in. What you do is you buy a 30 inch deep panel and the contractor cuts it down to 26. Okay. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. And then if you, you don't have to move your stove, you can keep your stove where it is if that's easier or tweak it and move it down a little bit if you can with the gas line. But if you just want to play it safe and you don't want to move anything, you could just put all your extra countertop all on your left-hand side, and then you'll just have this really big countertop area. And then the good thing too is that countertop area, that's a better place over there for putting, do you have a microwave hood over the top of your stove that would also, yeah, so your microwave, let me just look at the design that they did. I'm trying to avoid, that was one of the questions. I really would like to avoid a microwave hood. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it's claustrophobic in there. So getting a regular hood might open, feel, make the space feel more open. Well, but because there's such a lack of counter space, you know, I hate the idea of losing some to a microwave. Well, you're going to get, you're going to, you could put the microwave under the countertop, but that's going to be a microwave drawer or it should be. And then that's going to be an $1,100 microwave. But the one thing that's good, the, the Home Depot designer put the microwave at the right height that we normally do. The microwave in the kitchen that you sent me pictures of, that microwave's at the old-fashioned height. So that, mm -hmm. that microwave is three inches lower than the one. I, let me just look at it again. Yeah, it's three inches lower than the one that the Home Depot designer did. So the one that the Home Depot designer did he put a 12-inch cabinet over the top of the microwave instead of a 15-inch cabinet. And then the microwave moves up three inches and it makes a big difference because if yeah. you're trying to use the back burners, that's a real problem when the microwave is three inches lower. When it's just yeah. three inches higher, it actually isn't such a big deal using the back burners. And okay. getting, it off, getting it off your countertop, I think is good because now that you're going to have the countertop on your your other side, that might be a good place to put a toaster oven or your or your coffee maker or anything else. Or your coffee maker maybe is actually a good place is now all the way down at the other side of the sink, just so that uh, it's close to the table at the kitchen table. But you know where you want to put stuff, you'll have a lot of countertop over by the oven that you can put some appliances next to on. Yeah. So you you suggest sticking with an over the range microwave though. You know, in small kitchens, it's funny, but the, the all of those microwaves, if you look at the, the model number or the, the model name, at least they used to, they almost all had the same name. And the name was like GE Profile Space Maker X4672. Or yeah. it'd be KitchenAid Microwave Over-the-Counter over the counter Microwave Hood Space maker model 6742. The word space maker is constantly in the name of these microwaves because it's saving you a ton of space because now you don't have to have, you're not losing a, a base cabinet that's going to cost you $1,200 for a microwave instead of three or $400. And then yeah. when you get the hood, the hood won't come down as far, but the hood sticks out another eight inches. The good thing about the microwave hood is that it's, it's not jutting out as far. So at least your front burners, nothing is in your way. When you get a regular hood that you would put over this, you would 
now have to find a home for your microwave and that hood would be sticking out almost to 24 inches out. So okay. your microwave isn't venting outside, right? No, th there is a vent. You can see the round grill. Oh, in one of the far away pictures. But uh -huh. Nothing's ever been plumbed to it. I mean, it's an old school vent. You could. Uh, well, it's probably got the fan right there, too. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can be done. But it's going to be a big. It's going to be a lot of work. It'd be a, be a little bit, a little bit of a pain in the neck. But it, whether you got a hood or a microwave hood, they can all be vented out. They can be vented outside, and you'd have to redo ductwork and redo that fan to get it to work. But actually, the fan that's in the ceiling there, you wouldn't need anymore because the microwave and the hood is going to have a fan of its own. So you just have to rip that fan out and extend the duct down to the microwave or down to your hood, and then it would vent outside, you know, using the power of the fan that's in the microwave or the fan yeah. that's in the hood. And it's yeah, not that much ask, work. I didn't ask the contractor when they were there, but we should be able to just cut the ceiling open once the cabinets are down and, and take care of that. I would yeah, imagine should, without much issue. Because you only have to go, you only have to get over the center of the microwave because yeah. the, the duct is going to go straight down the middle of that cabinet that's over the microwave or over the hood, whichever you mm -hmm. choose. And so the duct just comes straight down. It gets hooked up to the microwave. You just have to connect that new duct to the old duct after they open up the ceiling and get rid of the fan and then just connect the two pipes to each, reconnect the new pipes to each other and then just drywall over the old hole and you're all set. And they might yeah. be making, I don't know if you're going to do it, but a lot of people when they're doing their kitchen, They'll be making a lot of holes in the ceiling anyway, because you might be putting recessed lights in your ceiling or something like that. I mean, I, I think if you put recessed lights in your ceiling, that would be a lot nicer than the light, old-fashioned light fixture that you have on the ceiling now. Yeah, I hadn't thought about doing anything more than the cabinets and backsplash and floor, but as I get into this, it seems like I should just get it all done. A lot of this construction stuff, because really... If you're getting the, the if you're getting the recess lighting, you know that usually costs I don't know a couple of hundred dollars a recess light when you pay for the light and you pay for running it and everything else. But the lights that they're going to give you now are going to be low voltage LED lights, and so you never have to change a light bulb as long as you live. If you turn those lights on and leave them on, they last for thirty years. So. <laughs> You never, nobody's, nobody's ever changing a light bulb in their kitchen usually. So yeah, yeah. it makes your life a little bit easier and your ceiling is a little bit low. So it also gets this light fixture that's coming a little bit, feels like it's coming a little cl too close to you because your ceiling is a little bit low. So there's a lot of it, you know, there's a lot of advantages to it. The other thing I might do too is also when we move your refrigerator, you're not going to have a wall cabinet on either side of your window. You're going to have a panel on one side of the window. So I would just get rid of the valance and the molding that's over the top. So that. Oh, yeah, definitely gone. But and that makes everything the, a lot more open. On that side, that's a 36 inch wide base and then an 18. So mm -hmm. there's still 18 inches uh, next to the sink with the fridge mm -hmm. all the way in the corner. Yeah. When you put the fridge in the corner from the measurements that you gave me, you should be yeah. able to have a three quarter inch then three-quarter inch filler, then the refrigerator, which will be 36, I would assume, 
then the, a pat three quarter inch panel, then an 18 inch double trash can pull out. And then with okay. a 30 inch sink base, you still should end up being centered on the window with the 36 yep. inch sink base doing that. And then I would also say in the picture that he's got a double bowl sink. I think you just want one large sink. Okay. I mean, sometimes people think they want double bowl sinks, but you're not going to fit a double bowl sink in a 30 inch wide cabinet. You really need a 36 inch wide cabinet for that. But even double bowl sinks are left over from the seventies. Having one big sink is so much better because if you have two sinks, one bowl is either tiny and then the other bowl is a normal size or each bowl is neither bowl is normal size. They're both, one is very, very small and the other is a little bit smaller, but then every, you don't fit pots and pans and stuff like that in your sink. And then once you make your sink bigger, if you have a 30 inch wide cabinet, you can actually fit a 28 inch or 27 inch wide bowl. So a 27 inch wide bowl would have a, a, a three quarter inch flange on each side. So it would take up 28 and a half inches total, or you can okay. actually fit a 28 inch bowl if you can find one, they make them. But either one of those bowls, the interior of the bowl is gonna be at least 27 inches. And that means that 24 inches in depth is how deep usually cookie sheets and trays are. So that means nothing sticks out of the top of your sink. So if you have dirty pans or turkey pans or cookie sheets or trays or anything, they're not all sticking out of the top of your sink. They're all going to fit in the bottom of your sink if you haven't got around to washing them yet. Okay. Yeah, that was the other question. So I guess back to the wall cabinet, so mm -hmm. you wouldn't have any wall cabinets on the right of the sink once we put the fridge over there. So you'll have room for a 36. I think it's 48 up to the edge of the window. 48 up to the edge of the window. So that's only going to leave you with hmm, small cabinet, a really small crummy looking cabinet. So if you ended up putting a 12 inch, let me just look at your numbers again. 48 and a quarter. So 36, and then we're going to lose three quarters of an inch and another three quarters of an inch. Well, that's a disadvantage to this design. Okay. So, but I might do it anyway. And then if you left your, that's going to leave you like 11 inches from the window on the one side. If you did that, you'd have to leave the same 11 inches on the other side of the window. So open it up to yeah. make it, but that would open it up a lot, but you'd lose essentially two feet of cabinetry. So I don't know. And then if we give you the 12 inch cabinet there, it looks like when you were measuring two, you were measuring off the tile and it looks like you got a little more space than the 28 and a quarter inches that the 48 and a quarter inches. It looks like you might actually be able to fit a 12 inch cabinet on the right hand side. Did you have a, a refrigerator type? You want, said you wanted a French door, but it was going to be yeah. depth. Yeah, preferably. How many people in your family? Uh, two. Well, there is one 33 inch counter depth refrigerator that's made. So I don't know, but you know, it, it's, 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 it's probably more expensive. Yeah. 
Um, but if you got a 36 inch counter depth refrigerator and you put a 12 inch cabinet on the side, I think that's, I think you have enough room for that. It's very close though. Maybe yeah. not. I mean, it's so close because you were probably measuring from not from the wall, but from the tile that's on the wall. Um, yeah. But I mean, like you said, it'll be close. You're splitting hairs. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the nine inch cabinet, if you put a nine inch cabinet on the right hand side, that's a very narrow cabinet. And it really looks a lot better if the cabinets on both sides of the window are the same size. Mm-hmm. There's another choice too for location. And I think I like that the least. I think you always want to try to get your refrigerator into the corner. So if you tried to put your refrigerator down at the other end, of the sink, then the problem with that is just that it's gonna jut out into the room and make the room seem a lot smaller. Yeah. There's good things and bad things about both of these different possibilities. In the way that we were just talking about, you end up with a more functional kitchen, but in the other way, and the way that it is now, or the way that the other designer designed it, you definitely end up with a better looking kitchen only Mm -hmm. because you don't have that skinny door. You know, the other thing is that these refrigerators that are counter depth refrigerators, like right now you have a full depth refrigerator, right? Yeah. It's a top, I guess, top fridge. Top and bottom. So it's like a 30 inch refrigerator. Yeah. I mean, if you did that again and you switch sides, well then suddenly, you know, once you get to a 15 inch wide cabinet, on the right side of the window, then that's very, that's a normal size. So that's yeah. really what you have now on either side of the window is 15. But the only way you're going to get 15 with the window is the top cabinet that you have there is a 33 inch wall cabinet or something like that on the right of that window. So you'd have to get like a 33 inch refrigerator on the right side of your window to fit a 15 inch on the left side. Okay. And then if you did that, then all, then you'd have a 15 inch on the other side of the window and then maybe a 30 inch on the other side of that sink. Right now you got a 36 there, I think, so that you'd just be shortening your uh, countertop on the sink side by like six inches. Maybe it's even a 42 that you have there now, but you'd be shortening your cabinets. If money's no object, I, that's probably what I would do. You have to decide, you have to pick your poison. So if you got a yeah. 33 inch, yeah, let's let me look it up for you. I'm just curious. 33 inch. That's kind of the depth. direction I've been leaning is sticking with a top and bottom. It seemed like the French door fridges just were causing more problems for me. Interesting. All right. Well, this is even better. There's a frigid air refrigerator I'm looking at, but they make a 31 and a half inch. French door counter depth refrigerator. So then that's 31 and a half. Frigidaire makes it. It's $1,799. So it's a little bit more expensive. Now you have the panel, the other panel, a 15 inch cabinet to the right of the sink. Then you'll still have an inch worth of wall before you get to the window. On the other side of the sink, you have a 15 inch cabinet. And then all now everything works well everything is really attractive 
the countertop works much better. And now your only yeah. problem is you have a refrigerator that has a capacity of 17.6 cubic feet. But, yeah. you know, to be honest, 17.6 cubic feet for two people is really plenty. Yeah, I would agree. It's only a two bedroom house. So it's not like it's ever going to need to hold enough food for a family of uh, six. Yeah, 17 cubic feet is probably the, around the amount of refrigerator space that you have now. You can even check if you open your present refrigerator door and you look at the model number, they'll tell you it will have like a number next to it. Like it will either say 17 cubic feet or the model number itself will have the number. It will say okay. like uh, GE profile, GE model number 17Q47 or 16. The first number is usually the cubic feet of the refrigerator. And also okay. it usually says the amount of cubic feet underneath. But 17.6 would be a normal like 33-inch wide refrigerator at a standard height. You might have a 30-inch refrigerator now would be a common width for uh, a lot of refrigerators. No, this is a great option because uh, I'm really sold on moving the fridge on the other side. So I think... Yeah, it makes cooking and, and working in your kitchen a lot better and the countertop better. So this is a way that you can get it and not have to give up the looks that you would yeah. lose if you got the full 36 inch wide one. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of our helpline podcast calls, but usually people, <laughs> if this is at all comforting, usually people call up and the designs that they have are horrible and, you know, are don't work, set their houses on fire, fracture their skull, do whatever. So all of these things we're talking about are, are tweaks and there's not necessarily a right or a wrong answer. You just have to be the one picking them, but they're all fine designs. So yeah, yeah. Um, you just have to decide what the things are. But for me, I just think in today's day and age, I definitely want to make my kitchen table area totally usable because so many people will, that seating four or five people in the kitchen will be totally satisfactory to them. And then they have a two bedroom condo, they might have a baby and then the baby would have a play area and they have the option. So sometimes they, some people will turn the kitchen, the dining room area into a dining room. Some people will turn the dining room area into a desk area. Some people will turn the dining room area into a play area, but it's up to them, but you'd have no choice. You had has to be a dining room area when you make the countertop long enough and you make the table area so small that you only can fit two or three people. Yeah, it definitely hasn't been a functional space. That eating area has always been kind of an afterthought. We never really used it much because it was so tight. Yeah, and it's even the table that you've got in that space, you've got a long table and you're sitting in the picture at least that I have, it's a long table with someone sitting at each end. Really yeah. what you want is a narrow table coming out off the wall a good distance so that people, when they pull their chairs out, have plenty of room to get in and out. They're not squashed up against yeah. the wall. So you get yeah. like a very narrow table that's like 36 inches wide. And then you get a table that's like 54 inches long and suddenly you're comfortably sitting. People can open the chairs and they're not hitting the wall in back of them. They're comfortably sitting four people and five people. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, so um, pretty much answered it all unless there was just, you know, any other suggestions. Like we mentioned the sync width. You think 30 is enough? I was considering going up to a 33, but that might throw off the layout a little bit. Uh, well, now that you're getting the small, if you're getting the smaller refrigerator, you now have room for a 33. And if you were to get a 33-inch sink base, then that would fit the largest sink you could find. Mm-hmm. So there are really no larger sink, single bowl sinks that will fit. And, well, and the one thing you have to also be aware of is that the sink companies, they play it safer than they have to. So they'll tell some, like Kohler has a 31-inch bowl that's actually like 32 and a half inches with the lip. And they tell people that you need a 36 inch sink base for that. The reality is, is you don't, you can fit it in a 33 inch sink base. And there's actually a good thing about that is when you put it in the 33 inch sink base, the lip of the sink actually rests on top of the cabinet. So you never have to worry about the, the sink separating from the countertop. That, oh, uh, that's important. Okay. So, um, which is, a, you know, a lot of people, you get a really big sink and you fill it with water and then you put a pot in it and you fill that with water and suddenly the clamps that are holding it in the sink in place separate. And now you got your sink dropped a little bit and you got a problem and you got some gunk yeah. in, in between the sink. But if you get a 33 inch sink base, there is no sink you can find pretty much that won't fit in okay. that. So a 31 inch Kohler would fit in it undermount Kohler and then there'll be a lot of 29 inch ones and other sizes as well all right that's great and just the last question with just drawer placement you know obviously the only drawers that are shown here are to the right of the sink if that becomes a trash uh, pullout you know there there's no full drawer that's all cabinet drawer combos I mean is that something you would change oh to- well when you get rid of your refrigerator and move your refrigerator the 18 inch three drawer cabinet, which is funny, yeah. that's the only cabinet that I would never sell because <laughs> the top drawer, well, because it's not very useful because it's only 18 inches wide. So those dig deep yeah. drawers, they can't fit pots or pans or anything else. And they're deep. So you put stuff in them and you, you know, you got to be rooting through them to get the stuff yeah. that's on the bottom. So that's why you make that a top drawer and then a double trash can pull out underneath. So now you got trash and recycling on one side of your sink. You got the dishwasher on the other. Then I probably put just a regular base cabinet to the left of the dishwasher. But on the stove side, now you're going to have a whole lot more room because you got rid of the refrigerator. So one cabinet that's to the left of the the stove, you want to make that a big drawer base for pots and pans. So that's where all your pots and pans will go. It will be like a 36 or a 33 inch, maybe pots and pans cabinet, and then whatever's left over after that. Okay. Yeah. Right now, to the left of the stove is a 21 inch um, cabinet drawer base. And then the fridge is in a 36 inch opening. The the, um, top cabinet is 33 and there's a three inch filler. So, yes, you'll have 57 now under the new plan. So then if yeah. you had 57 or something like that, and you got a 33, uh, probably actually 
American Woodmark's not going to have a 33. They'll have a 30-inch wide one, so minus 30, and that will leave you with a 30-inch drawer base for pots and pans and a 27, or you could do a 36 next to your stove, and then after that, you'll have a 21-inch 20, cabinet. Okay. All right. And then if you were doing a 21-inch cabinet, you know, some people might make that for a four-drawer base because a four-drawer base is something that can be useful because you have only one deep drawer at the bottom that maybe you put bread in or something like that, but then the other ones are thin, so you have cutlery in top. And But one thing you should be aware of is every time you make something drawers or you put rollouts in it, it's costing you almost $200 per drawer more. Yeah. So drawers are expensive. Yeah, definitely. But for the pots and pans drawers, it's worth it. Okay. So at a minimum, go with uh, a 30 or a 36 drawer base to the left of the stove. And that will be where all your pots and pans go. And then maybe on okay. top of it, you'll put all your spatulas and stuff like that or whatever else on top. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. This is really helpful. So, all right. So good talking to you. And if, uh, you know, you ever have more questions another time, feel free to call. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Enjoy the okay. rest of Friday. All right. Good talking to you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Mainline Kitchen Design Podcast with nationally acclaimed kitchen designer, Paul McElary. This podcast was brought to you by Brighton Cabinetry, high quality custom cabinetry at competitive prices. For more on kitchen cabinets and kitchen design, go to www.mainlinekitchendesign.com.